Welcome to Brood in America. I'm your host, Gord Michael Porter. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today. We have got an extraordinarily exciting show for you. Uh, Big name change, if you have not heard, if you have not noticed, or maybe this is the first episode you've listened to in a while. Today is the first day under the new name Brood in America, and I love it. I think it is an awesome name, and it really gets the idea of the show, uh, at least in a very compact nutshell, gets that across much better than Percolating Perspective. Thank you again so much for tuning in today. We've got an exciting show where we sit down and visit with John Wayne for a little bit and listen to uh, a few things that he had to say on America. Let's get in to the drip of the day. So today's drip of the day, we are sipping on Starbucks. <laughs> oh man. Nah, just kidding. We are sipping on New England Coffee Company. Their Oh gosh, what hazelnut. <laughs> I had a brain fart there. I was still laughing in my head from the Starbucks comment. Oh boy. New England Coffee Company Hazelnut. Now let me tell you. Like I've said before, I'm not a big fan of flavored coffees usually. However, New England Coffee Company, every every coffee I've had from them has been great. But anytime I see hazelnut on the bag, I'm interested. And reason being is I don't know that I've ever had a bad hazelnut. But this particular coffee from New England Coffee Company is, is very good for a couple of reasons. Number one, obviously it tastes great. But two, when you open the bag, you break the seal, just the coffee in the bag, the grounds on its own, will fill your entire house. It's very strong. It's a very strong smell, which is good because normally when you get hazelnut coffees, um, they tend to be a little bit timid and a little bit light. And, you know, as a host of a podcast, I think the only thing that you couldn't call me is timid, but... You know, that's that's why I like coffees are a little bit on the uh, more bold side, I guess, if that makes sense. That, that stands a reason. That's why I like bolder coffees is because I can't keep my mouth shut. Ah, oh, man. New England Coffee Company. They have got, like I say, I've, I've had several of their coffees. In fact, I think we've, we might have reviewed one of their coffees before on the show, but uh, I'm never disappointed with them. Great, great coffee. Um, and what a name too, New England Coffee Company. That is about as American Patriot sounding of a name as you can get. And you know, I believe it's brewed in Connecticut, or possibly New Hampshire, somewhere, somewhere up in New England, obviously. But you know, I, I enjoy sitting down with you in the mornings and listening to a little bit of this jazz music that's, that's playing. Take a deep breath, relax. And just enjoy your coffee, enjoy your morning commute, look around at the scenery around you, and just think about how amazing America is. It is truly beautiful. Yeah, the traffic's a pain in the butt sometimes. It can be a headache, the people can be a headache, but just kick back some coffee and enjoy your country. All right. Well, as we said in the intro, welcome to Brood in America. This is the first episode under the new name, 
I'm incredibly excited about this. I think it's going to be a a very positive change for the show. We have done, uh, we have grown by leaps and bounds, um, and I thank you. I thank you for that. That's entirely because of you. I cannot make my own show grow. It requires people like you who love America and want to learn about America and are hungry for patriotism and hungry for a normal way of life. It is people like you who make the show grow. And I thank you so much for listening. I t- My hat's off to you for taking 30 to 45 minutes out of your day to just listen to me gush on America for a while. Uh, it really is my favorite thing to do, is talk about America. And I'm sure my friends get annoyed with me sometimes, but, you know, Every conversation that I have usually winds up to talking about America in some way. And it's difficult not to because, you know, I have been accused on social media and emails and things like that of, you know, covering up the bad and only talking about the good. Well, it's not that I don't, it's not that I cover up the bad. I just think that, you know, that's all we get in American society now is all we hear is the bad about America. We hear nothing good. In fact, we are told that there is nothing good about America that exists. Not only is that not true, but it's actually, in my opinion, it is a, you know, a small piece of the pie that is actually bad that America has done. And America has done some bad things. And I have not been quiet about that on the show. I don't think I fully admitted that on uh, several occasions, but... America, America's just, I don't know, what do you say? It's, it's a beautiful, amazing place. And, and I hope that this show explains why I am so passionate about it. And if it hasn't, then I don't know what to tell you. You know, that's, this, is, uh, this is an impasse. You and I are, are going to have to have a conversation here. Because if you don't like listening to the show... After 29 episodes, I think you need to consider finding a different hobby other than listening to a podcast that you don't like. But I will say, we have had, just in full transparency here, um, we I keep a very close eye on the statistics to see what works and what doesn't. And, you know, with sound quality and things like that, it's, it's evident that when the sound quality is not there, the next episode that follows poor sound quality does not do well. And so it's important for us to make sure that we're looking this, at the statistics and making sure we keep a close eye on that. Um, guys, we started this podcast, this show, back in September. In fact, it was the first Monday in September that we started the show. Since that time, we are over 1,200 all-time downloads, and every month, with exception of the month of December of last year, we've had a net increase of about 50 to 60 percent in in listenership, which is, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really know what the standard is as far as growth, but I don't care, honestly. That's growth, and it's it's, I, I'm honored by that. With all of this said, Brood in America being the new title, Percolating Perspective is officially buried and in the ground, never to be resurrected again. And with that, I think it's important to maybe go back and look and see where we've came, uh, come from, excuse me, and kind of reconvene and reconnect on why we are doing this in the first place. What's the point of this podcast? And I have a very, very special guest to help me do that today. 
And his name is Marion, although you probably don't know him by the name Marion. You probably know him by the name John Wayne. And I am incredibly excited to have him as an, a, um, a guest on our show today. And just so you, I can go ahead and alleviate the fear that I can feel coming through the microphone from your side of the speaker, no, I'm not going to do the rest of the show as a John Wayne impression. Sorry. And if that... If that disappoints you, then sorry about that. Um, But what we actually have, John Wayne did an incredible amount of uh, talking and spent a lot of time talking about America and talking about not only the good and the amazing things that she has done and and what she means and, and what she stands for, but he also spent a lot of time talking about where he saw it going. John Wayne, as you will see here in just a few minutes, was almost prophetic in some of the stuff that he said. And keep in mind, I mean, he died, I think, in night in the night late 1970s, 79, maybe early 80s. But John Wayne, some of this, hey, I don't know how he saw it, but he saw it coming. And not only did he see it coming, he put labels on it. And and what he called out as coming down the road is here. And so, with that, though, I don't want to spend a ton of time. I don't want this to be a negative show. I don't want this to be a Debbie Downer uh, show. I want this to be a positive and uplifting show because we've had a wonderful change today, a great change, and we are on the right track. I believe America, even though America is sick right now, she's ill and she's got a lot of problems. There is so much good news in the world right now today. Um, and more specifically the country, that shows that I believe that we are starting to make positive changes. Um, So with all that said, I don't want to spend a ton of time with John Wayne and him talking about the horrible things that he sees coming. We will dip into that a little bit. But the majority of what I want John uh, to do for us today is just talk about how much he loves America. Um, That is a lost attitude in our society today. Nobody loves America just to love America. And while John Wayne didn't just love America just for the heck of it, he did have very good reasons for loving America, as anybody who does love America uh, has. But something about John Wayne that I think is really interesting and something that I think that's worthwhile analyzing and thinking about and applying to our own lives is he was passionate about America. And not only was he passionate, he had no problems publicly telling people he was passionate and putting people in their place who were being vocal against America for for reasons that were not accurate. And I think that is admirable, and I think that's something that every man should learn to do. Um, John Wayne, just to, you know, I, I didn't grow up watching John Wayne movies, and it wasn't because we didn't like him. It was just we just didn't watch him. Uh, but my wife grew up on him, and after we got married, she kind of introduced me to some of his uh, work. And oh boy, did I fall in love! Man, John Wayne, all of his movies are awesome. But uh, you know, between you know, True Grit, um, McClintock, uh, The Quiet Man, all these movies, they just they scream masculinity, and that's something that I think our culture is starving for right now is true masculinity. Um, people like to, you know, throw up toxic masculinity all the time. Shut up. To- there's no such thing as that's to- toxic masculinity is an oxymoron. You cannot be toxic and be masculine. Toxicity is effeminate. 
you know, that is toxicity to kind of, for me to put a label on it is, you know, emotional decision-making, drama, that is toxicity. And that is the antithesis of masculinity, as was John Wayne. <clears throat> and kind of a, a proof of that is John Wayne, even whenever he was the star of the show, even whenever he was the headliner, he really didn't say a whole lot. You know, a lot of the movie focused in on his actions and how he handled others. It was not him talking and, you know, being goofy and being funny and trying to, you know, squeeze blood out of a turnip or rather squeeze an audience, uh, laugh out of his audience. You know, John Wayne was on screen and off screen was a man's man that was just riddled with character and integrity. But I do want to, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I want to show you a few things um, that he talked about and hopefully inspire you to love America. And the whole point of this show, the whole point of Brood in America, as we said in the intro, whether that's looking at people, places, food, whatever it is, the whole point of this show is to help you become passionate about America. It is a forgotten thing to love your country and to be absolutely proud of it. And, you know, even even if we just loved America with no reason, we'd still be better off. But not only do we have a reason, we have incredible reasons to love America. And, and you know, there's no end to the good things about America that you should love her for. But one thing I want to start with here... Um, is John Wayne is on the Dean Martin show. Uh, this was, I believe, the early 60s, um, and John Wayne just had a baby. He had a baby girl, um, his wife at the time, uh, and so Dean Martin is just kind of asking him, like, hey, well, you know, what do you, what do you want to see in your daughter's life? What do you want her to be when she grows up? What do you want her, how do you want her mind to operate when she reaches adulthood? And so John Wayne, you know, being the man he is, the American he is, his mind operates as an American man's mind should. And what do I mean by that? Well, I'll let you hear it for yourself. Kids, and especially now having a new little baby, I'm, I'm proud of you, Duke. Well, I'm proud of you too, Dean. You know, you've got seven. You haven't exactly been sitting around staring at walls either. <laughs> well, well, Duke, everybody, you know, seems to love you. And let me ask you something. They all want to know here you are, one of the biggest stars in the whole world, been making pictures for 37 years, got a spanking new daughter. Now, what do you want for her, Duke? Well, uh, same as any parent wants, I guess. I'd just like to stick around long enough to see she gets started right. I'd like her to know some of the values that we knew as kids. Some of those values that too many people these days are thinking are old-fashioned. Most all, I want her to be grateful as I am every day of my life to live in these United States. I know it may sound a little corny, but the first thing my daughter is learning from me is the Lord's Prayer and some of the Psalms. And I really don't care if she ever memorizes the Gettysburg Address, just so long as she understands it. And since little girls are seldom called upon to defend their country, she may never have to raise her hand for that oath 
But I certainly want her to respect all those who do. I guess uh, that's about what I want for my daughter, Dean. I'm proud to know you, Duke. Wow, what an answer. I mean, uh, people don't think that way anymore. You know, that is the first thing he wants his daughter to learn is the Lord's Prayer and a few of the Psalms. Um, while I think people think that, John Wayne was not quiet about it. He was very open about it. And not only that, I don't know if you know anything about Dean Martin, but Dean Martin is always, um, he's always got his finger on the trigger for a great joke. And John Wayne's response there leaves him basically speechless and just says, wow, I'm I'm proud to know you, Duke. Um, take a minute and think about what he just said there. He says, I want my daughter to know a little bit about the Bible and, and become acquainted with it and know it well. He says, I want my daughter to have a deep and firm respect for those who put on the uniform every day. And I want my daughter to, while I don't necessarily care if she knows every jot and tittle of the historic Gettysburg Address, what I do care is that she understands it. What I hope that she knows and understands is that her forefathers set forth on this continent a new nation dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. That's an incredible, incredible answer. And, you know, I think that's something that we need to think about. You and I need to think about. As friends, you and I need to think about what he just said there. And if and if our priorities look like his, because they should, to be completely honest with you, they should look like that. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out to you, or another thing I wanted to point out to you uh, and let John speak on here. Uh, John Wayne has been accused of many, many things from being a racist on the one hand to, you know, being a far right, alt right, whatever. I don't know what you, what term they're using now to describe normal white male Americans, but um, he's accused of being the worst. One of which was running or attempting to run communists out of Hollywood back in the 40s and 50s. Where this comes from, we, we mentioned this on an episode um, several weeks ago, but back in the 40s and 50s, we have what was called the Red Scare, or actually the second Red Scare. And in that second Red Scare, um, many stalwarts in Hollywood, such as John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart and uh, Walt Disney, they um, were being careful to mark those in the industry that were communist. And the reason, well, I won't get too much into it. John explains it very well himself here. Uh, but just to kind of give you an idea how long our media has been trying to tear this country apart, this is actually uh, a good example of just how long that's been going on. And I want you to take careful note here of a couple of things, one of which is how calmly John Wayne handles himself with these questions. We mentioned a few minutes ago that, uh, you know, masculinity, John Wayne's masculinity, he didn't say a whole lot. He was kind of quiet. He didn't say, he didn't speak unless it was truly necessary. And you see his uh, restraint on full display here in this next clip. But the the interviewer really tries to push him 
and and try to get him cornered up and accuse him of something that he or uh, any of the any or nobody else in the in the Hollywood movement back in the 40s and 50s. Um, he's trying to accuse them of something that they didn't do, and I think the way John handles it is second to none. Um, so like take a listen to this as well, because it's related to the film industry about that period in your career in Hollywood when you were to the forefront of the people who were um, blacklisting the um, alleged communist members of. Uh, well, that's that's, that's not a true statement. Well, what, we what were not that? blacklisting. Well, you were. They were. They, they were. No, they were blacklisting. We didn't name anybody. We stayed completely out of it and said, "We are Americans." Anybody that wanted to join us, it was fine. We gave no names out to anybody at any time, ever. But are you? But when you look back at that now, John, at this, this space of time, I mean, are you proud of what happened in Hollywood at that time? I think it was probably a very necessary thing at the time, because uh, the radical liberals were going to take over our business. Wow, prophetic. And, uh, we wouldn't have had any pictures like that then. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, I mean, do, I mean, were they in a position? I mean, the people who got kicked out of Hollywood, surely they, they were. Who the were kicked who, out? Well, the but, people. No, wait who, a minute, tell me who was kicked out. Well, the out. people who left Hollywood. I mean, let's take, a, for an example, Carl Foreman. Yeah, Carl Foreman. I mean, was Dalton Trumbo. Carlton Foreman, Dalton Trumbo. Look what happened to Larry about, Parks. About uh, Larry Parks uh, admitted that he'd been a commie and he went on working. Well, he didn't work for some time. It had a very well. He hadn't worked a hell of a lot before that, had he? Well, no. But I mean, no. Uh, but I mean, these aren't people, surely, are they? Who you would expect to take over See the, the industry? Same tactics here. Well, at the time, it seemed rather serious, and uh, they were getting themselves into a position where they could uh, control who would do the writing. But isn't it? Um, isn't it right that people of all shades of opinion should be able to make movies, whether Definitely. they be extreme right-wing or extreme left-wing? Definitely. Any time that they're, that is their opinion, fine. But the uh, trouble there was that they were spouting by rote uh, uh, somebody else's way of life. And that's all right for those fellows over there. That's the way they want to live, but we don't have that in our country. No, but you could say, of course, that that you, was our uh, you could say point that, of view. Yes, but you could say your point of view was reflecting the capitalist way of life, the American way of life. Well, and right. I don't think that capitalist is such a uh, an unpopular word. You know, it's uh, two hundred years we've uh, taken a wilderness and build a factory that feeds the world, a farm or that supplies the world, and a farm that feeds the world. And we've been doing our best to help everybody out that, uh, that we can. So uh, I think it's a pretty good way of living. So something I want you to really hone in here and, uh, and look at, he was being pushed pretty hard there that what he did to defend what he thought was one of America's institutions was wrong. And he knew he was right. As Davy Crockett said, be sure you're right, then go right ahead. What John Wayne is showing here is masculine resolve, or what Thomas Jefferson called manly firmness. He's pushing, this guy's pushing John Wayne to try to get him 
to admit to something that he did not do and knows is not right. And what John Wayne does, he remains calm. He answers him with the facts. Um, but something that really stands out to me here about this conversation is not only does he not get frustrated, but he ends the conversation by saying, look, the United States, America, this way of life, capitalism, the capitalist way of life, not only is it not a bad thing, but it has lifted the world out of poverty. It has fed the world. And what you, speaking to the interviewer, what you're trying to tell me that I uh, believe is wrong, by you, by the right of you saying that, you're saying that America's ability to feed the world is somehow negated by meanness? I mean, I don't really know what the interviewer is trying to say here. He's saying, well, you shouldn't have ran these people out of Hollywood. Well, John clearly tells you that he didn't run anybody out of Hollywood. But it's just, you know, there's no difference in the media back then than, than there is now. They're all based on emotion. That, what you just saw in that video from the interviewer, that is toxic masculinity. Emotional. And the questions come from an emotional state. And, well, you're being mean to these poor communists in Hollywood. And, John, you can't do that. Don't you regret that? Oh, oh, just think. These poor people can't work anymore. And they can't. Oh. And John says, look, they weren't working before. Okay? So you need to just realize what we're talking about here because you're misstating the facts. He's, he's very calm. He's very clear. And he handles himself beautifully here. But to shed some light on his, just the over the overall of what you just heard, John loves America. John Wayne loves his country. And I believe that you should too. You know, it, he defends America tooth and nail. And he's armed with the facts to do that. Now, um, here's something that I want to, this, this next clip is something that I want you to uh Take a listen and think about. I know on this podcast we tend to maybe over-intellectualize things and over-analyze things, uh, but this next clip is nothing other than just just romantic passion. John Wayne's, you know, just romantic love for the United States and for America just because of her beauty. And I think this is one of the best things that I have ever heard as far as, you know, as if we needed another reason to love America. John Wayne, one of the best, greatest Americans of all time, we get to hear him gush a little bit about how great America is. Take a listen to this. You ask me why I love her? Don't give me time. I'll explain. You seen a Kansas sunset or an Arizona rain? Have you drifted on a bayou down Louisiana way? Have you watched the cold fog drifting over San Francisco Bay? Have you heard a Bob White calling in the Carolina Pines? Or heard the bellow of a diesel at the Appalachia Mines? Does the call of the Niagara thrill you when you hear her waters roar? You look with awe and wonder at her Massachusetts shore where 
Men who braved a hard new world first stepped on Plymouth's rock. You think of them when you stroll along a New York City dock? Have you seen a snowflake drifting in the Rockies way up high? Have you seen the sun come blazing down from a bright Nevada sky? Have you hailed of the Columbia's rushing to the sea? Or are you headed Gettysburg? Our struggle to be free? Have you seen the mighty Tetons who watched an eagle soar? Have you seen the Mississippi roll along Missouri's shore? Have you felt a chill at Michigan when on a winter's day her waters rage along the shore in thunderous display? Does the word aloha make you warm? Do you stare in disbelief when you see the surf come roaring in at Waimea Reef? From Alaska's cold to the Everglades, from the Rio Grande to Maine, my heart cries out, my pulse runs fast, the might of her domain. You ask me why I love her? I have a million reasons why. My beautiful America, beneath God's wide, wide sky. So, I don't want to say too much after that. That's, that's... That attitude we must rekindle in our people. And that starts with you. And it starts with your family. And it starts with... I mean, just simply that. You and your family. You have to... We have to remember just what kind of country we live in. If that right there doesn't just stir your heart and make you fall in love with this country again, I don't know what will. The whole point of this podcast, we, we say it all the time, just in a hundred different ways, but what I want this podcast to do for you is to kindle an unbridled passion for your country. If you come away from listening to one, two, five, ten, I don't care how many episodes of this show, if you come away from this show with a passionate love for your country, I have done my job. I believe that all men are born for a purpose, and I believe that this is my purpose, is bringing as much as I can to you to stir up passion for America in you. I think that this can be done, otherwise I wouldn't be doing it, but I think it must be done. And I think it is being done, if not by me, then I think, you know, we, I think it's pretty clear that you can see things are starting to change, but... You know, think about what love actually means. I know, you know, there's different Greek words and all this sort of garbage. Think about what love means to you for a second. Love oftentimes is incorrectly thought of as a emotion. And it can be an emotion. Let me say that's completely incorrect. But love usually means action. 
It means that I actively love something. That means that I serve it. And I work hard to protect it. And I do everything I can to provide for it. And it means that I honor it and cherish it. And flaws, there are, there, you know, there are always going to be flaws, you know, and I'm kind of comparing these two things to, you know, America to like a spouse. You love your spouse, hopefully, flaws and all. Sure, there's flaws, probably a lot of flaws, but you still love it and you cherish it and you want to serve it and you want to see it get better and you want to see it grow and you want to see it you know, better than it's ever been. I believe John Wayne felt that way about America. And I know I do. And I hope that you do. And if you don't, I'm going to be here on this show every Monday until either, you know, the Lord comes back or an EMP blows up all of our technology and I can't. And if that does happen, then I'm going to go find the nearest Appalachian Mountain and stand on the top and I'm going to yell it from the mountaintops. This country is worth, not only worth our love and admiration, but it's worth being called names for. It's worth your neighbors thinking you're weird for a little bit. Get them on board. America is worth all the name-calling. America is, you know, is worth gushing over. And I want to leave you with this last clip. This, um, this is John Wayne um, charging and calling Americans to action. And this is, I think, there is no better summary of this podcast than what John Wayne has to say in this next clip. I want you to listen carefully for me. Listen to what he has to say, because I believe if we were to apply what he is saying in this next clip to our lives, our country changes overnight for the better. I think it becomes the shining city on the hill once again. American opportunity has no limits, has been known to knock more than once. How about you very young people who see a tough life ahead? Well, when Lee surrendered to Grant at Appomattox, Booker T. Washington was a nine-year-old slave. Yet by the time he was 28, he became president of Tuskegee Institute. And at eight months, Neil Armstrong took his first small baby step toward mankind and fell flat on his face. At six years old, Mickey Mantle was settling for a base on balls. At seven, Will Chamberlain nailed a practice hoop over his garage without a ladder. And at eight, Charles Lindbergh was flying a kite, wondering how it'd feel to be up that high. At nine, Bert Bacharach was thinking the piano lessons had never end. How many of you are pushing 50 and complaining that the country is going to hell? Crispus Attucks was in his 40s when he died on State Street in Boston, fighting for the freedom that we share. And John F. Kennedy was 44 when he asked not what his country could do for him, but what he could do for his country. And how many of you over 65 are just settling down on a rest after a busy life? 
Well, a fellow by the name of Eisenhower, who had already lived one lifetime as a soldier, was re-elected to the presidency when he was 67 years young. Well, by now I've made my point, or I never will. Oh, there's one other thing. Every man and woman or child I've ever known, met, seen or heard of, wants one thing more than anything else in the world. That one thing is tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's the only thing any of us have going for us. And I believe this. If tomorrow, all of us, every single one of us, gets out of bed and says, this is my country, and I'm going to do good for it, we'll make the greatest step forward since a pilgrim's foot found Plymouth Rock. Tomorrow, remember, this is my country, and I'm going to do good for it just might work. We'll never know unless we give it a fair try. Oh yeah, and there's one other thing I'll say to This is my country, and I'm going to do good for it. When you wake up tomorrow morning, and you roll out of bed, I encourage you to do two things. One, read your Bible and pray. Two, I want you to pray that America is better off today than it was yesterday. But then coupled with that, I want you to go into life, go into work, whatever. Keep an attitude of, this is my country and I'm going to do good for it. And that can be as simple as... Helping an old lady across the street, giving a beggar a dollar. It could be as simple as, you know, donating a few bucks to a pro-life foundation. And it can be something big, like adopting a child. You know, it could be something big, like running for office or... or Joining the military if you're that age. This is my country and I'm going to do good for it. That is this podcast in a nutshell. The whole reason I started this podcast was exactly that. This is my country and I love her flaws and all. And I'm going to do good for her. I'm going to serve her. And I'm going to work diligently to make my, ni- my neighbors love her too. America, I love you. I thank you for making this show a success in short order. And I ask that you take the time to share this show with your friends. I know that you and I are not the only people in this country that feel this way. If you have friends that love America and they are patriotic and they want to see good things come to America, but maybe they believe that America is not on the right track or they believe that everybody's against them and everybody hates America and they're the only ones out there, please share this episode with your friends and let's do this together. This show is at the center of my heart. And the mission, more specifically, of this show is at the center of my heart. 
I have fallen deeply and madly in love with America. And I encourage you to do everything you can to do the same. Do your own research. Watch, watch videos about John Wayne. Watch some of his interviews. There's, there's hundreds of them on YouTube. And the man loved America, and he was not quiet about it. And he was not quiet about the reasons why. Somebody else that was Jimmy Stewart. Look at Bob Hope. Look at, uh, you know, any number of Hollywood actors from about 1920 to about 2000. There were some real bad eggs sprinkled in there, like the Jane Fondas of the world. But generally speaking, they're, you know, and, they're, and I'm not saying that they're worth praise just because they're actors. What I'm saying is, is they are, they're people who are well-known in our history that fortunately for us, because they were actors, had access to a microphone and a camera to preserve the mindset of America for generations. America, I love you. I am so excited to embark on this new chapter with you, Brood in America. We are going to have some real fun, and this show is really going to start cooking. I thank you for tuning in yet again. Don't forget New England Coffee Company, the hazelnut roast. Take the time to swing by Walmart or Publix or Winn-Dixie or whatever's close to you. Grab a bag. Throw it in the coffee machine and just enjoy some time sitting on the porch or in your yard or in the backyard, whatever else. Enjoy some time with a cup of coffee and a, either a good book about America or pull out your phone, watch a few YouTube videos on John Wayne and his thoughts on America. You will not, well, you will not be disappointed. Until next week. I'm your host, Gordon Michael Porter, on Brood in America. Take care, America. God bless. I love, stand beside and guide through the night with the light from above. From the mountain to the prairie. God bless America, my home, sweet God bless America, land I love, From the mountains